Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. And we join now by Narina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina. So, Sakina, this one is referred to as the annual meeting of the new champions, and I think they should be a key um, for you in terms of that, because this really focuses a lot more on representatives from developing and emerging economies rather than maybe dominated by the developed markets as we typically see in in Davos. So they are um, uh, expecting around 2,000 leaders, and it's across politics, business, civil society, academia, even arts, um, and they will be gathering there for three days starting today. So, of course, in China, it's already um, quite far progressed into the first day of the meeting. And this is the first, uh, the 11th one of these. Say, they started out in 2007. Now, the theme of this year's meeting is achieving inclusive growth in the fourth industrial revolution. And I think when you, when you look at that word, inclusive growth, you realize that this is something that is, of course, very re- relevant, not just for us here in South Africa, but certainly also in, in many of your emerging and, and developing markets. So there's a lot of focus on the, the impact of artificial intelligence, for, for example, on, mm. on the world of work. This year's meeting is going to focus on, on how technology and then policy innovations can be deployed to really accelerate the transition towards a more inclusive style of economic growth. But importantly, something that prioritizes meaningful job creation and sustainable development. So clearly you can, you can see that this is something that is very important and very relevant to us and hence our focus on what is happening in in Dalian over the next three days. So, uh, talking of artificial intelligence, and we had a discussion about this on Friday, and many Mm. people are actually running scared that robots are going to take over the few jobs that we still do have. Is it a valid concern, though? So I think certainly they will, um, robots and, and artificial intelligence machines will certainly replace some of the jobs that we currently have. But I think um, there's a lot more that gets created, especially job opportunities also. That way maybe we should rather be focusing on. So artificially intelligent machines can do many things that, that normally requires human minds and bodies. So, you know, whether it's things like understanding speech or diagnosing diseases and medical conditions or even just in the terms of a legal contract, designing mechanical parts um, for, for new machines and so on. Um, so all of this automation and mechanization is really what drives people scared. But I think we, we are um, don't need to be too concerned and certainly don't need to panic. Interestingly enough, in 2015, there was a study done by Carl Frey and Michael Osborne of Oxford University where they found that almost 50% of the current jobs in the U.S. were susceptible to computerization. So um, and, and to automation, and I think it's that study really and that type of research that has a lot of people scared. Interestingly enough, they only focused on the jobs that will be lost to automation, and they didn't really focus on what new types of jobs will be created by this. So I think it's very important that we look at the other side of things as well, because we've got to look at um, that smarter machines will need smarter people to operate mm. them, to design them, and, and, and robots or mechanization can do 
dangerous work on behalf of humans. Think of things like bomb disposal or even um, explosives in mines and these sort of things. Um, so as long as we are willing to change and learn new things um, and we focus on jobs that cannot be automated, and typically what can be automated is anything that is a repetitive task and something that you do over and over again. But there's a lot of things that only humans can do, um, and I think that's really where our focus should be. And also how do we make use of these new smart machines to make our jobs safer and better for us. So um, sticking with this theme uh, somewhat, so China is known as one of the countries in the world with the highest levels of carbon emission and pollution generally. So to what extent is this being addressed in this so-called fourth industrial revolution? So yes, you know, I think if we think of China, <clears throat> we, and especially if we, if you haven't, if you visited there, it conjures up images of these um, heavily polluted and, and smog-induced um, cities, and, and obviously the urbanisation trend in China and, and very high levels of infrastructure development and, and industrialisation has really caused all of this. And I think what we what we underestimate is the amount of investment um, that China has been making into new clean energy, things like renewable um, power. And we now find that China is the country in the world that invests the most in renewable power more than any other country on, on uh, Earth. They are certainly leading, leading the clean technology revolution. Um, in March just of this year, Beijing closed its last coal-fired power station um, and they will be the first coal-free city in China um, and they're using it for, you know, they, they're not using coal any longer for either heating or for electricity. And interestingly enough, when you look at some of the forecasts, it is expected that the cuts in fossil fuel use by China and India will actually outweigh the impact of United States' decision to pull out of the, the, the Paris Treaty. You'll remember that was in the news mm. recently when Donald Trump said, you know, they're pulling out of it. Actually, China and India's efforts in this um, area more than offsets what, what the United States no longer wants to be doing. You know, Beijing, for example, is going to spend $1.3 billion this year to convert its, tax, uh, its 70,000 tax fleet to electric power. So it shows you some of these things that are being being done. Um, there's also these smog-free towers which they are installing in many of the cities that actually absorb a lot of that smog and produces oxygen on the other side. So um, I think it's important for us to, to not just always think of China as um, you know sort of leading the pollution in the world, but to acknowledge the extent to which they're actually leading, leading the clean technology revolution and certainly more also that we can learn from them in this aspect. Indeed, that fourth industrial um, revolution and as you said, a smarter minds to come up with smarter solutions. So something okay. we definitely need to look into. But thank you so much, Narina. We'll chat again tomorrow. Narina Fisser is a strategist and advisor at ETFSA.